I'm Tom Kerr. In December 2020, an act was signed into law which will change the way some reporting entities coordinate Medicare benefits. This paid act will go into effect before year's end, but CMS is already busy preparing for the change. In today's podcast, Deborah Robinson-Stewart joins us to explain the PAID Act. Deborah, welcome to the podcast. Well, thanks for having me. Okay, to kick things off, what is the PAID Act and how does it impact our industry? It is the Provide Accurate Information Directly Act, and it was enacted uh, back on December 11th of 2020. And it was enacted as a means to help non-group health plans, such as workers' compensation, insurer carriers, and responsible reporting entities that are otherwise known, again, as the carriers and insurers, better coordinate the benefits um, that are provided to Medicare beneficiaries, particularly Part C and Part D Medicare enrollment information. Currently, the carriers and insurers, they only have access to what is known as traditional Medicare, and that's your Part A and Part B Medicare benefit information when they do a Section 111 query. So for those that may not know, Section 111 is the mandatory insurer reporting. So carriers and insurers have an obligation to report all of their open claims to Medicare so that Medicare can coordinate benefits and determine if there is a Medicare beneficiary that with an open claim that is part of the uh, workers' compensation claim process or, or liability claim process. When they report to Medicare, usually through an electronic database, Medicare will send back to the carrier insurer all of the individuals that are identified through that process as a Medicare beneficiary. And it's the responsibility of the carrier or insurer to ensure that Medicare does not make any payments for accident-related care that are otherwise the responsibility of the carrier or insurer. So that's where we get the Section 111 reporting process, and that's where we get all to this PAID Act and the, and the coordination of benefits. So on December 11th of this year, CMS will begin to provide these carriers and insurers when they do this query process with up to three years of beneficiary enrollment data for the Part C and Part D plans. So Part C is your Medicare Advantage plan and Part D are your Medicare prescription drug plans. This change is very significant because prior to this, finding out this information was like a seek and find puzzle. There's no central repository for this information because Part C and Part D plans are largely run by private healthcare insurers like Aetna, Humana, United Healthcare. And so in each state, there could be numerous plans. So if the Medicare beneficiary refuses to provide the plan information and, or you only have the plan name and the state that the plan is in, it could take weeks to never to get this information. So this is why this PAID Act is very significant for carriers and insurers. What's the current state of its implementation? So currently we're in the information phase. As I said, the PAID Act was enacted uh, back on December 11th of 2020, and it'll go in effect on December 11th of this year. The other day, CMS held a town hall webinar where they answered questions from the community uh, regarding the upcoming changes, and they address what's next. So the next phase will be the testing phase. The addition of the Part C and Part D information to the query response file will add a large number of new fields. So the software that CMS uses is going to be updated to 
account for the increase in the size of the data. And CMS is planning to hold a testing webinar to further discuss you know, what's going to go on during the testing phase, and that will be held on September 9th. From after that period, there will be a testing phase where the carriers and insurers, who are also known as responsible reporting entities, will be able to test the new software. And this testing phase will start on September 13th and go until December 11th. The testing is not required, but CMS does highly recommend it. And you know, during this time, the carriers and insurers will be able to conduct the testing in the new version of the CMS software without interfering with the current version of the software. But it's just a good opportunity for them to be able to flesh out any errors that might occur. Again, this is going to mark a very increased change in the size and the amount of data because we're now re reporting fields from Part C, which would include all of that Medicare Advantage plan information and then Part D plans information. So it's going to increase the query response file significantly. So to confirm, the go live date is December 11th. So the goal is that the testing will begin in September and roll right up to that date. Is that right? That is correct. The current plan is to test during that time and roll right up until the date that it goes live, essentially. So they'll. So what they'll do on the 11th is uh, the testing site will go from the testing site and will become the live site. So hopefully everything will go well and on schedule. Indeed. How does the Paid Act impact payers? So what the impact will be, it will provide them with an opportunity to, to better coordinate Benefits. So we, we always talk about coordination of benefits in MSP compliance. So Medicare secondary payer compliance entails, you know, potentially doing an MSA, but also can checking for conditional payments. As I said before, when Medicare has made payments for any kind of accident or incident related treatment, they expect to be repaid because their role, in Medicare's role, they were set up not to be a primary payer, but to be a secondary payer. So the impact is to help the payers or the responsible reporting entities better coordinate the benefits so that they would not be held on the hook before they settle, be able to have the information of where they need to make payments in terms of reimbursing Medicare. So right now, again, when you do a query inquiry, through the Section 111 process, you're only going to uncover Part A and Part B Medicare beneficiary information. The same with if you were to do a conditional payment search with Medicare, it is only going to uncover for you Part A and Part B benefit information. With the um, enhancements that are going to make, be made through the PAID Act, this will automatically give the payers or the responsible reporting entities any kind of Part D and Part C enrollment information, which will then allow them to make a contact with those Medicare entities to determine if they also have made any payments in relation to accident or incident treatment for that particular Medicare beneficiary. Got it. And what do payers need to know about the new law? I think the, the top thing is to know that, that they will have, have access to this new information through the query process. Um, again, they're going to get the plan contractor's name, their contact number, their address. Again, before, you know, this information was not readily available and it was like a seek and find, like I said. Um, and this is going to be for, for the previous three years 
for that Medicare beneficiary. So the standard query process would be that, you know, you would do a query, you would get the Medicare information back from the query. It was typically traditional Medicare only. So with this enhanced query process, you're going to get the Medicare beneficiary information back. You're going to get traditional Medicare and you're going to get the Part C and Part D plan. But you're also going to get Part C and Part D information for the previous three years. So if I were to do a, a query on December 11th when this goes live, I would get information to, for three years prior to that. This is significant because Medicare beneficiaries can change plans each year during annual enrollment. So if you had somebody who was not participating in traditional Medicare through the A and B plan, but elected to use a Medicare Advantage plan through a private health insurer, and say in 2019 they used United Healthcare, didn't like that, and then in 2020 when open enrollment came, they changed to Humana. Now through this paid act, through this query process, you're going to be able to see all of the plans that the Medicare beneficiary used for the preceding three years. And then you would be able to reach out to them to coordinate benefits and to ensure that they had not made any payments um, in relation to an accident or injury. And as we know, sometimes in the workers' compensation realm, some of these claims can be open for years. So I had a case that I worked on recently where the injury was uh, in 2007, and here we are in 2020. And so sometimes you have, um, you know, these cases that go on forever. Um, at least you would be able to look back for the preceding three years to determine if there were any Medicare payments that were made under these Part C and Part D plans. So what can payers do now to best prepare for meeting the requirements of the law? The number one thing the payers can do is to stay abreast of the changes. Uh, one of the other things is to ensure that <clears throat> you update your Section 111 capabilities in, in accordance with uh, the CMS directives. The size of the query file is going to be changing um, to accommodate all these new fields. And CMS uses software called HUE, H-E-W. It's the HIPAA Eligibility Wrapper software. And a new version of this is going to be released just in time for the testing period that we talked about. So payers and responsible reporting entities want to make sure that they're going to be utilizing this newer software because uh, my understanding is that the older version of the software is not going to be able to accept all of the fields that are going to come along with these changes with this Part C and Part D information. So that's the first thing is to make sure that your software is up to date because um, you're going to want to have all of this additional information. The second thing is to participate in the testing period. It, the, the testing is it's not required, but it's it's recommended. Um, and it does span over two months of in time frame, right up until that goes live. So, you know, it's not required, but if there's issues that are identified during the testing phase, you'll have an opportunity to, to address them with CMS and get them corrected during the testing phase so that when this does go live, you're not missing out on any, any information. And let's say that a payer doesn't get involved in the testing process. What could happen if they're unprepared when the paid act goes live? So it really just goes back to your systems. If you're still trying to utilize the old software for the query response, then if your system's not going to align, you're not going to be able to absorb the new field. So you're not going to get all of the information. So imagine you getting to the settlement table and you're ready to settle your file. You have a number 
and you're still working off of the traditional Medicare, the Part A and Part B query that told you that Medicare hasn't made any payments. Most of our customers have a Section 111 reporting partner, and they will determine that the person is a Medicare beneficiary. We then will go to um, Medicare and ask to see if they've made any payments. That's the traditional Medicare that we're asking. Um, so imagine that you haven't updated your systems so that you're getting these the, the query responses, including the Part C and Part D information. Get to the settlement table, and then you find out, hey, this person's not using traditional Medicare. They're using a Medicare Advantage plan. And hey, they also have a Part D plan. You don't know this because you haven't updated your systems, and you have not then reached out to these plans to determine if Medicare has made any payments in relation to the accident or injury that you're about to settle, well, that could potentially delay or derail your settlement because you don't have all of the information. So that's why it's important that you know, stay on board and update your systems. Medicare makes it easy for you. In the nine-group health plan user guide, there is a um, link in there that will take you right to the page so that you can access the software. Medicare provides the software. You just have to download it to your systems. And so they do make it easy for you. It's not something that I don't believe that you have to purchase it, but you can go on and download it and put it on your system. So they do make it quite easy for you. Great. And what are some of the things that you and Gen X are doing to help payers meet the requirements of the system or prepare for this change? So the first thing is education and awareness. So um, right now, because this is very fresh, I'm working on a news alert to go out to our customers so that we keep this issue on the forefront so they know what's coming down the pike. So our periodically we'll send out um, news alerts that deal with MSAs, Medicare Secondary Payer, Section 111, those things. So this is going to go out in relation to the PAID Act, just discussing what occurred in the town hall that was held the other day and, and what CMS timeline for implementation and testing. The other thing is encouraging the payers to establish best practices for a query process to ensure that no information is missed. So we just talked about the potential for derailing a settlement when you haven't updated your systems and you're only looking at Medicare from a traditional Medicare standpoint and you don't have all of the information, you're not gleaning the Part C and Part D information. The other thing is that when you query through the Section 111 process, oftentimes you may not get, get a hit that comes back telling you that somebody is a Medicare beneficiary. And if you have a case that has been open for a long period of time, uh, you may not want to just query that particular claim one time. You may put into place a best practice where you query on an annual basis or you query on a quarterly basis. If somebody is close to being um, a, of Medicare age, which is 65, um, and you're starting to query at 63 and you're not getting anything, you, you may continue to do that query. If you know that the claimant is a a recipient of Social Security disability benefits, you may continue to query because you have the understanding that individuals with a strong work history that have been uh, adjudicated disabled and are receiving Social Security disability benefits for 24 consecutive months 
will become entitled to Part A Medicare benefits after that 24 months, thus making them a Medicare beneficiary. So you might want to continue to query. So encouraging and establishing the best practices for a query process is something that would help a payer or a responsible reporting entity meet the requirements. Um, the other thing is MSP compliance re requirements. So as I previously talked about, there's MSAs, there's conditional payments. We talked about Part A and Part B Medicare being traditional Medicare and the query that goes along with that, but also reminding individuals that we work with that you also need to be on the lookout for Part C and Part D. And sometimes what happens is a lot of the Part C and Part D entities have recovery agents. So what that means is that rather than the plan like a Humana sending you a letter or United Healthcare sending you a letter saying that they've made payments in relation to an accident or injury that the insurer you know, has a claim for, they have hired a recovery agent. There's the Rawlings group that might send you a letter saying, hey, we represent United Healthcare. We understand that there's a a open claim that we may have made payments for. So those are the things that we like to remind people of as well, that there's a full circle of MSP compliance that you need to be aware of. And sometimes you might not get a letter directly from the Advantage plan or the Part D plan that the Medicare beneficiary is a part of, but you might get it from a recovery agent. And you don't want to just put them in your file and ignore those because again, those are the types of things that come up at the settlement table um, and can derail or delay a settlement. Thanks, Deborah. We'll be sure to keep an eye on the paid acts progression over the next few months. Until then, thanks for listening. <laughs>